0: This is Big Sky Lead, a dive into the stories about how government and politics drive the direction of Montana. This podcast is from the reporters of the Montana State News Bureau in Helena, your eyes and ears on state government. It's produced by me, Tom Bridge. Our team brings you an examination of Montana's new landscape with new laws, a new governor, and a new Republican dominance across all of state government. The news last week has been dominated by the historic flooding in South Central Montana and all the damage left in the wake of the receding floodwaters. As the flooding started to happen early last week, the state was putting out press releases with quotes from Governor Greg Gianforte about the response from his administration about the flooding, and by Tuesday had issued a disaster declaration. But there was something less than standard about that executive order. Today I have Holly Michaels from the Montana State News Bureau with me to answer some questions about um, how the governor, uh, Greg Gianforte, is handling um, flooding as it happens. Holly, let's start um, with what we know.
1: Yeah, so the piece about the governor and the executive order on the disaster declaration Um, We had started asking his office on Monday if that was pending. That's something that's pretty standard in these types of situations. It opens up flexibilities around what people can do in response to disasters and sometimes some money that's available for it too. So his office sent out a press release Tuesday saying that declaration had been issued. Um, Then I went to check on their website where you can see the actual executive order that has that because that had the language of like what this meant in terms of flexibilities around you know, like, allowing people to work more hours around trucking to bring in supplies, okay. all that kind of stuff in that order. I was scrolling down to the bottom when I got a call from someone who said, hey, I'm looking at this order. You got me too." and they're saying, have you gotten to the bottom yet? I was like, no. They're saying, well, look at the signature. It's not Governor Greg Fortes. It's the lieutenant governor signing it as acting governor. Oh. So something we don't normally see. I don't right. think I've ever seen anything other than you know the governor's signature and then the secretary of state's
0: right below that so this this leads to the next question right where where why didn't the governor sign the declaration was he not in the state
1: yeah so we reached out to the governor's staff asking about that you know it says acting governor lieutenant jurist which would you know you mean she's got the powers of the governor looking at the constitution is where we went next it says if the governor is for some reason incapacitated for about 45 days i think then lieutenant governor can become acting and we know we saw the governor on friday doing press events so that mm-hmm. wasn't the case um it the constitution does say that you know the governor can give authorization to the lieutenant governor to act in that capacity so we asked about that and then his staff like, eventually got back to us saying that the governor was out of the country And so he had verbally authorized on Monday, moving to disaster status, and then gave jurists the power to be acting governor and to enact that through executive order on Tuesday.
0: Have we seen this protocol used um, under this administration before?
1: Not that we've seen. We've asked and haven't gotten responses yet about if this is something that has happened before, but you're looking through all the past executive orders. Those have all been signed by jurists, um, Kristen Juris, the lieutenant governor, but we don't you know maybe there's times where that's happened before that she's been in acting capacity, and we just haven't seen any like formal actions. But it's pretty rare from my understanding this would happen. Um, it's not like Montana is pretty different from Idaho, where they have a different system of if the governor's like out of the state, we've seen some pretty high profile conflicts right. in that state of like then the lieutenant governor just has power to do you know act as governor. That's not quite the situation here, right. you don't know, need to transfer it. So I don't think so. It's pretty rare, but we just haven't. You know, gotten response to those questions yet?
0: Okay, so at this point, you're reporting um, the governor. You you know, you find out the governor is not in the country. Um, Did we find out where he is, and how did we find out?
1: So not from his office, from his administration. Um, You know, that was when we heard out of the country. That was the next thing we asked. You know, where is he? We were also asking, when did he leave? Flooding really started, you know, Sunday and Monday got really bad. Mm-hmm. So, trying to figure out when he had left the state um, and asking about if his return plans had right. changed, if he was coming home early from all that. There was a reporter, Maritza Giorgio from Newsy, who had tweeted about a photo that had been sent in to her that showed the governor was in Italy. And then his office had later confirmed that, but not until he got back. His office was citing. Um, security protocols and issues hmm. around that for saying that's why they weren't able to say where he was until he was back In the US and almost to Montana
0: So uh, Gene Forte governor Gene Forte is back in the state and uh, what? Wh- how, how's he responding the flooding since?
1: So he's been down in the regions doing tours I think just about every day meeting with people on the ground there, hearing from officials hearing from FEMA um, You know the head of FEMA was out in Montana touring damage with him you know, his office did say and it, you know, it was 2022 like that he was in contact the whole time he was gone right. and in communication you know we can be doing these things but you know something i would like to be able to ask him, we just haven't had time with the governor yet is you know we've seen him before in disasters you know the importance of him being there as soon as possible you know i think you and i went up to um Denton, Denton after the fire right. yeah and he was there you know right after so, so really
0: i mean you know and, and you know floods, wildfires, any sort of natural disaster, the governor always comes in tours. Um, and I guess, you know, is this largely a ceremonial thing? Is this, is this a morale booster or is there actually, uh, does it lead to more productive results if the governor is on the ground meeting with the locals?
1: Yeah, you know, I think just from having seen, you know, this governor and past governor following disasters, going to places, it means people, it means something to people to see mm-hmm. their governor there. Um, Yeah, so i think that does help it is a morale boost it's one of the times i think in this job where we see like party affiliation doesn't matter at all it was just the governor and people like that there right everybody works differently so like you would think you being there seeing damage hearing from people directly it's more efficient to meet with a big group of people who can kind of give you all this information at once um you know we saw him go down there right away so obviously it was important for him to get there um and see what's going on and You know, probably meeting with FEMA officials one-on-one, you know, when you're down there is important. So, you know, I think we've seen just with this governor before, being there is important. And I think one of our unanswered questions, I think, you know, there's different— we've seen frustrations that he was out of the country when this happened. And, you know, we all know people take vacations. Right. That that happens. Even the governor. Yeah. Um, I think from the press's perspective, we were trying to understand— I mean, we didn't have any indication he was gone until it was Lieutenant Governor Juris's signature on that executive order, and then trying to understand, you know, when he left, mm-hmm. how quickly he was coming back, you know, what kind of briefings he was getting before he left about this, you know, like all of that, you know, obviously people, like we said, like, you're gone, that happens, but just trying to figure out the situation around that, but I do think it was important for him to return and go see damage as quickly as possible.
0: And... and- how forthright is the governor's office with answering these questions Um, and then what questions remain
1: yeah so they i mean they responded fairly quickly when we asked you know why jurors had signed the um, executive order but there wasn't a ton of detail right away about you know it took us a couple days to figure out when the governor had left which was saturday Um, To confirm, you know, was he coming back earlier than expected that took a little bit of time to get again You know, I understand there's you just don't walk on You know into the airport and get a plane ticket and fly home like that Mm -hmm. takes time But there wasn't great communication on that or good information. I guess there wasn't good information right away on that Um, You know the piece that our reporter Sam Wilson was working on for a while and finally got was confirmation from the governor's office that he was in Italy and that's something Sam's been talking with him about. You know, they said it's security concerns. We're trying to better understand what those are because, you the governor has a schedule that he'll put out. You know, you see him traveling around Montana. and He does have highway patrol, you know, with him during those stops. But he was trying to better understand those protocols, security around that. We kind of went through something similar, less security-focused, but with former Governor Bullock when he was going to Iowa for a presidential run. right? And sort of the security around that and highway patrol troopers and, you know, they— kind of showed us through like this whole protocol why they were traveling with him for that kind of work. And then they officially didn't because it's a presidential campaign, but there's a lot of just security stuff that we don't really understand all of that. We also don't really know much about like, you know, the decision to make jurors acting and just what that entails. If it's happened before, some of those questions are still outlying too.
0: now. And this is this similar to, to the way that the administration has handled press inquiries, um, with other things in the past
1: you think it's and it's not specific to gm forte's administration this has been democrats and republicans when it's something that it was going to be something they have to manage um from a public perspective wise it's not the fastest you've ever got information in your life right um it was you know within a couple hours i'd say of me asking about Juris's signature we learned that he was out of the country um you know the timeline is pretty i would say standard for what you kind of expect from this i think it's hard from the press's perspective because we want to know right away we want the public to know right away. people are asking us what's going on and it's hard for us when we don't really have answers you know that's our whole finding answers to questions and right so yeah i'd say it's you know it's not what you know, we would want in an ideal world it's not also unexpected or what we haven't seen before either
0: you know and while i have you here um we've heard from other you know montana's other elected officials both you know to federal court uh and locally in the legislature what are they saying about the flooding um did did um our, our elected officials in D.C. help get some of that uh, disaster declaration from the president, or
1: yeah. So when we saw um, again, and this was done through um, a letter signed by jurors acting as governor capacity, asking the Biden administration to declare a presidential disaster declaration, mm-hmm. um, and then we saw you know the full Montana delegation. So that's Democratic se- Senator John Tester, Republicans um, Senator Steve Daines, and then Representative Matt Rosendale, both were pushing for that, and that got. Approved as of, I think, Thursday, so pretty quickly. Okay. In and that d-
0: that unlocks federal uh, resources Yeah, resources and, just and a funding. whole
1: slew of, you know, in Juris's letter, it talked through like, you know, FEMA would come in and do the things you expect FEMA to do. You'd have the Army Corps of Engineers, they would be, you know, looking at the spill, you have bridges, roadways, all of that stuff. You know, just this whole slew of federal agencies and what kind of involvement they can have. Right. Um, you know, health concerns of just like you've got a lot of things in the river you don't really right. want in the river, all that kind of stuff. So that opens up a lot there. And we did see, you know, Tester, Rosendale, and Danes were all in Montana over the last week. Yep. Um, we saw the Republicans, so Danes in Rosendale, with Game Forte down in Gardner, a couple other spots. Mm-hmm. Tester, I think he went to Red Lodge, Livingston, Billings, and maybe a few other places that okay. I could have missed. But yeah, they've kind of been all over too. Local officials are. You know, I'll add all those press conferences too. So,
0: and now what about the legislature? What's the state? Is the state able to, you know, I would imagine that disaster declaration from the governor's office unlocks some state funding for relief. Um, is there any conversation among legislators or do the legislators need to be involved
1: mostly to get
0: more state funding? It's
1: kind of tricky without the legislature being in session right now. There's right. not much they can do. Um, I'm guessing we might see some things come up in 2023 when we have a session again, but. We did see Democrats send a letter, um, Democratic legislators to Gianforte, pointing to, you know, there's still a lot of federal money that came to Montana from COVID aid packages. Right. Just you know, like we had billions of dollars thrown in Montana. And some of that is infrastructure money. And some of it, Democrats are saying, you know, there's pots of money that for sure have to be tied to COVID spending. Right. Like it has to be in response to economic shortfalls or downfalls from the pandemic. They're saying there's money with some more flexibility there that can just be helped. Used to help businesses, you know, just recover if they're facing hardship, or you know, just different pots of money that have more flexibility. And so
0: these are Democrats in the legislature yeah. um, hoping to. And and have we heard from their Republican counterparts or the governor's office on if there's willingness to tap into that money? You
1: know, I haven't seen much yet. You know, I've okay. seen just you know, Republicans express like Democratic legislators are too. Just you know, sympathies for people who've been affected by flooding, talking about just how horrible this is, and looking at ways to help. But I haven't really seen much yet i think the governor's office i don't know if we've heard from them about you know if they feel the same flexibilities are there with that covid money or if it's been allocated yet or it's not just super clear like what exact pots we're talking about yet so kind of early days and i think it is hard too because you there's some very quick like roads reopening all of that stuff like trying to figure out where to go what to do things that help people move around Mm -hmm. you know like leave their community go to the doctor's office like those are happening very quickly but i think economic fall and all that takes a little bit more time to unfold yeah put the pieces together yeah like people are seeing like our reporters talked about just like people holding you know like hotels just getting cancellation calls left and right Right. while they're there trying to interview people so like it's clear that's coming right and i think like you
0: said it'll be you know it's still going to be a topic of concern when the 2023 legislature convenes for sure
1: yeah i'm i'm curious about you know gardner especially and you know what happens with the park entrance there and just what that you know, seems where Montana would have a huge interest in terms of a place that's really you know you're not going to Gardner. There's fun stuff that happens in Gardner for sure oh, yeah. that Montanans know about and go to, but a lot of it like you're not gonna have that same traffic if you can't get into the park and
0: right. I mean we're talking uh, about big money. I think what's it like six seven billion or something in in tourism dollars that come into the state.
1: Yeah, and there was I think this again was in Juris's letter asking for um, you know presidential help. I think you're talking about. Can't remember if it was Carbon County or down by Gardner, but she's saying, you know, like $68 million will come in from tourist season. Wow. You know, that's like a huge economic driver. Right. So just and for really some businesses, the only economic driver. Yeah. Right. Huge, huge stuff. So yeah, it's, it's something I think legislators will be talking about just as it's going to take years for a lot of this to bounce back
0: right time will tell yeah well thanks for um, sitting down Holly Uh, that's been another episode of Big Sky Lead make sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts thanks Holly peace Tom.